someone hit their mic. Yeah. That's me. Ow. <laughs> Nitai, what the fuck? Good lord, oh. Nitai. Well, he timed it. Good lord. So. He timed it well, though. I'll give him that. He timed it very, very well. The All right. pain is worth it for the comedy. Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our wizard of wait what, Chinoda. The best sounds to exist encapsulated in Tuturu. <laughs> oh man, Mayuri's the best. Uh, our chivalry of Shota's Shotaro. My whole body is irritated. <laughs> Because <laughs> you just woke up a couple hours ago. And our poser extraordinaire, Nitai. Top of the morning to you. I don't even know what that was, but I'm just going to roll with it. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. Uh, so tonight we have a, an interesting topic to, to go over. So about a month ago, we did um, a animator and director appreciation episode where we all kind of went over some of our favorite animators and directors in the anime industry. Um, so tonight, we figured we'd kind of go one step further and talk about another group of people who aren't always uh, given some of the credit they deserve in the anime industry, and that is uh, composers. Uh, so this is going to be a composer and kind of a broader uh, OST or score appreciation. Uh, but before we get into that, I have one very small piece of news I actually wanted to go over. And this actually came out uh, this actually today. This actually was uh, revealed. So, uh, but of course, by the time this goes up, it'll probably be a week old. But anyway, so Crunchyroll added a bunch of older anime to its uh, library uh, today. Crunchyroll doing God's so work. If, I know, right? So, it, I mean, if you're if you've been hurting for some older anime to watch, de- you know, go check out Crunchyroll's library. It's definitely been updated with some good stuff. Um, this isn't an exhaustive list, but some of the stuff that has been added. Um, is Ikitosen, which, God help you if you watch that. Um, the Betrayal Knows My Name, uh, the third and fourth seasons of D. Greyman, the entire Shakugan no Shana franchise, um, Tokyo Ravens, uh, Mahime, Moeyo Kin, uh, Lupin Third, the woman called uh, Fujiko Mine, and most important to me, and I think to a lot of people out there, they have added all of Trigun and Outlaw Star. Whoop, whoop. Uh, exactly. Whoop, whoop, indeed. Um, for those who haven't seen either Trigun or Outlaw Star, highly recommended both of those shows. That um, would be me. That would be me also. Exactly. I, go go watch I, either one of them. You really can't go wrong with. I've only um, seen the uh, Trigun movie. Oh, that's a good movie, too. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Uh, but yeah. They're classics. They're um, like if you were around Toonami when it first started, those are two of the ones that were some of the early uh, anime that were on Toonami. So go go watch it. Go go fucking watch it if you haven't yet. And if you have, go watch it again. I know I certainly will. Anyway, I wanted to mention that just to give a quick shout out to anyone who uh, is looking for some older anime to watch. Crunchyroll is doing God's work. But yeah, uh, moving on to our actual topic tonight. So we're I'm just gonna. We're just going to go down the list and talk about some of the composers and OSTs that we want to talk about. So the first one on my list that I want to talk about is a composer by the name of Joe Hisashi. Now, Joe Hisashi is a composer who has been around for a very, very long time, since the uh, early mid-80s. Not only has he done work for anime, but he's also done work for live-action television and movies as well, which is also really, really good. But in terms of his anime... uh, discography uh probably the what he's associated most with is he has worked on a lot and i mean a lot of studio ghibli movies mm-hmm. so he's worked on uh nasca the valley of the wind he's worked on uh castle in the sky he's worked on uh my neighbor totoro 
Kiki's Delivery Service, uh, Poco Rosso. So basically anything that Hayao Miyazaki worked on at Studio Ghibli, he basically did the score for. Um, and one of the things he's really known for is he's not afraid to kind of be experimental in his the way he scores anime. And you can really see that, with especially with the, his very first anime that he scored, which was Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind. Also the first anime I ever watched. Um, there's a lot of like heavy synthesizer stuff that's in there that at the time really wasn't in a lot of uh, anime soundtracks, especially anime movie soundtracks. Um, but then you go to something like My Neighbor Totoro, and it's got that really the like really fanciful, um, whimsical even. Yeah, whimsical, whimsical like motif to it, whereas Nausicaa is like this really heavy synthesizer based, almost sci-fi type of of uh, score. But yeah, he's been around for a long time. He doesn't kind of get a lot of the respect I think he deserves, especially for how well he scored a lot of those Studio Ghibli movies. Um, for If you're looking for something that he actually did very recently, he actually did something as early as this year. Um, really? He did He did the uh, score for a video game called Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom. Oh, that's a very Ghibli-inspired uh, It is. And you can, kind of, you can kind of see that also in the... Um, and the soundtrack for that game. Nice. Yeah. Um, has anyone actually watched anything that uh, Joe Hisashi has scored? Yeah, I've watched several Ghibli movies, and I think uh, especially Totoro, was this, like we touched on it, but that whimsical kind of feel his music has, it's... Yeah. It's very... His, his music is something... very reminiscent of, like, just a fantasy archetype. Right? Yeah, it's very, like, comforting in a sense. I remember... Mm-hmm. After watching a few Ghibli movies, going on YouTube and searching for Ghibli Music Cafe, and all of, all of these like renditions of his music are just wonderful. If you speaking of that, if you want to go chill to some really nice jazz, go search that on YouTube. It's fantastic. Oh, the Ghibli Cafe. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's absolutely amazing. It's wonderful. Go do that. Yeah. It, yeah. I love his music. It's great. Yeah. Um. I mean, Joe Hisashi, and he re- releases a lot of his stuff, even the soundtracks. It's it's released physically on, on CDs. So there are a lot of his soundtracks I've actually found physical copies of his soundtracks at um, a couple of anime conventions that I've been to. So if you ever get a chance, pick it up and just, even if you haven't seen the anime, listen to it. It's A lot of his music is very relaxing. Nice. All right. So <laughs> moving on. Uh, this is actually the last one that I specifically wanted to talk about. And I know that, Natai, you wanted to talk about this person too. Yeah. And that is Yugo Kano. Who now? Yugo motherfucking Kano. Not Yugi, as you originally wrote down. <laughs> Shut up. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't do card battles. He <laughs> scores music. You don't you don't know. Maybe he's a master carder. Who knows? Okay, so Yugo Kano is probably most famous now for doing the soundtrack to uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three. And four, and, four. and yeah. it was also recently revealed that he will be back to score part five. Yes, so he will be he will be scoring part five that starts later this year. Um, <sighs> also, something else that he did was the uh, the soundtrack to Psychopaths, but both uh, season one and two. That's a solid soundtrack as well. And that is an absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. Both seasons mm-hmm. have really phenomenal soundtracks. In fact, I actually haven't even seen the second season of the anime yet, but I actually have the second season soundtrack downloaded. <laughs> it's really good, though. It's really good. It's got that that good, uh, what do you call it, that good sci-fi element to it. I don't know much about the second season of Psychopath, so I don't know how it transitions from the first to second, but when it comes to part three and four, I think one of the most one of the things I love the most about part four is the seeing how he matured from the third part in terms of like what he does with his ex- experimental things because man he developed so many motifs in part four in such a brilliant way I mean yeah. it takes like Jotaro's main battle theme from part three and incorporates it into the main theme of part four which makes sense because Jotaro mm-hmm. is like a side character and oh boy don't get, don't get me even started on Kira's theme oh Boy, <laughs> I mean, character themes is something we'll probably get into as like as this show progresses this episode. But 
man, Kira's theme in JoJo's Part Four is one of the best villains theme in and anime that's, ever. That's actually that's actually like a, a staple of his uh, like his the soundtracks that he does is he creates really distinctive character themes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could see it in Psychopaths. Like every single every single character in that show kind of has their own musical cues that are yeah. used when they're on screen. And the same thing can definitely be said about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Fuck yeah! Um, and which was amazing because if you think about it, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has a lot of different characters, especially Part Three. And he created pretty unique character themes for every single one of them. Not just mm. the heroes, but the villains too. Ugh. But like you say, uh, like. And, and and he's also not afraid to switch it up because a lot of the character themes he used in JoJo's Part Three were very like bass heavy, and he, he didn't really use a lot of non electrical instruments. But then you get to Part Four, and a lot of the character themes are made using traditional instruments, especially Kira's theme, which is primarily done on the piano. Oh, it's so wonderful! And then like uh, all the variants of it, like the. There's, there's so many versions of his theme. It's wonderful, man. I love it. Also, uh, he has done some stuff for live action. Um, oh, really? He did. He did the uh, soundtrack to the live action adaptation of March Comes In Like a Lion. Nice. Which, by the way, it's not that great of an adaptation, but it is a good standalone movie. I highly recommend it. Hmm. Season three win. Exactly. Um, and. <laughs> Not to to piggyback off something from our last episode, which was the WTF. He also did the soundtrack for Batman Ninja. Really? Yeah. Holy shit! Now it which makes that a was lot also more a sense. good soundtrack. Yeah, that was a really good soundtrack too. That was a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch Batman Ninja. Please don't fuck Batman. <laughs> oh, you know, definitely fuck Batman. Also, before we move on, I want to also mention that he did the soundtrack to. Um, a show that I think is personally very underrated, and that is uh, an anime called Birdie the Mighty Decode. Hold on, really? Never heard of it. Yes. Uh, Natalia, you should actually check it out. It was a very interesting show. It's it's older. I don't know if it's aged well, but it is definitely... Two, uh, it's from 2008. Yeah. And th- the thing is, it is a remake of a series of OVAs from the 90s. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I think it's definitely, it's got a really good soundtrack. Um, You can kind of see some of the stuff that he used in uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3. You can see some of that, like the very preliminary versions of it in Birdie the Mighty Decode. Especially one of the themes for one of the main characters. I'll just say this. I'm super excited to see what this guy does with uh, Part 5's music. Because he's just been getting better and better at what he does. So yep. that'll be fun. Yep. And a couple of other things that he's done before I move on. He's also done uh, a couple of Gundam shows he's worked on. Uh, he also worked on uh, Ajin and the movie Blame from last year. Hmm. So he has a pretty uh, wide-ranging discography. So anyway, Natai, I know you have a lot of people you want to discuss, so go ahead. Yeah, I'll go through them. I'll try and do it pretty quickly. So but. Don't, we'll try. Um, I'll kind of shuffle them around. Um, okay, I'll touch upon some of them. So, first up, we've got Taisa Iwasaki. You don't know the guy? That's fine. He did the music for both seasons of Kekai Sensen. You know why they're so good? Because of the music. Okay, so Kekai Sensen, very shortly, takes place in New York, okay? So what does this guy does? This little Westerboo of ours. He fucking... <laughs> ugh, he fucking sets the stage, boy! And yeah, he, he just uses jazz and the thing I, I want to touch on with this guy, with Taisei Wasaki, what he does uh, with both soundtracks of both seasons, he brought a lot of artists from different parts of the world to like, at least singers, to bring in different vibes for songs. For, for example, there's a lot of uh, songs in English, in the second season there's one song in French, Heck, in the first season, he used he brought in uh, an Israeli singer to sing a song in, in Hebrew, which was pretty dope. It's a pretty cool song. You should go look that up. It's called It's Magic. Um, and yeah, it's just... I mean, if John were, were here, he would just like me gush over a specific song from the first season called uh, On My Own, which is very, like, chill, very jazzy, very... Oh, it's 
very melancholic. But yeah, this guy just fucking nails jazz in a way I haven't seen since. Oh well, we'll we'll touch on that <clears throat> other composer later. Anyway, uh, moving on to the other composer I want to mention. <clears throat> yeah, Satoru Kosaki. So we all like Monogatari, right? Never seen it. Yes. Well, yeah, Chinoda hasn't seen it, but yes. But yes, yeah. So I do enjoy tell it. me, Alex, what's one of the best musical pieces in Monogatari that you and I adore? Uh, well, I can tell you what the best character theme of all time mm-hmm. is. And that's Kaiki's theme. So yeah, again, we we'll, we talked about Kira that ha- from JoJo, who has a very good character theme. Kaiki as well. Um, if you know the tune, then you just know why it's so good. Go look that up on YouTube as well. And that as well, in Monogatari as a whole, it's fun how they play with certain things. So, exactly, Kaiki had this very iconic uh, tune in Nisei Monogatari. Then when he comes back for second season, with an arc that revolves all around him, there are so many different renditions of that motif, which is just fascinating. By the way, I'd like to say something that's Go interesting and I don't think a lot of people pick up on about the Monogatari OP, or not the, mm-hmm. the OP, the, uh, OST. The, um, the OST, is that um, the Faya Sisters theme, uh, the two the two girls, Sukihi and Karen, their themes are actually the exact same song, but in a different key. <laughs> a lot of people Makes don't sense. pick up on that, but that's actually like, it's it's an interesting like nuance thing that he did with the soundtrack. Heck, he took he took Platinum Disco, one of the most like upbeat and fun OPs in the series, and then he, he then he did a rendition of it with an orchestra, which is very mm-hmm. dark and mellow, and it's so great. So yeah, a lot of really good character themes in that show, and in general, there's so many like fun tunes. I, I can't rem- I, I there's so many so many times when I studied for something. And that I've put on the uh, Nekomanogatari Shiro soundtrack because it's so chill and cheerful. It's wonderful. Also, I'd like to point out that his the soundtrack that he did for the Kizumanogatari movies are incredible. Are absolutely amazing. Even if you haven't seen anything about Monogatari, don't give a shit about Monogatari. Go listen to those OSTs for all three of those movies. They're absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. That ending song in Kizu Part Three, the French song. That if yes. that is sung. That's also it appears multiple times throughout the movies, and it's it's great. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Um, I think that's about it. Or for just this go watch guy. Monogatari. Oh, watch Monogatari, Chanoda. You should fucking do I'll it. I'll get to it eventually. I know I'll probably love it, but uh, just haven't gotten around. Just, to just it. take the plunge. You'll enjoy it. Listen, I need to take um, the plunge on so many different things. Also, don't know where or how I'm even gonna start this. Hey, he finally took the plunge on uh, Code Geass. Give him some some slack. Give me some credit. That's very true. Yeah. All right, next up. Uh, Masaru Yokoyama. Man, I'm nailing those names. 3 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) Uh, This guy wrote a soundtrack for one of my favorite shows ever, Yolai in April. Um, Tears. Just a lot of... Just tears. Yeah, just tears. That soundtrack just shouts tears. Um, So many good themes. I've been... That's another one that I've been listening to a lot when I was studying uh, a bunch. And really good. I, I actually, there's one thing I enjoyed about it is he. There's this one song they did for uh, that show called For You, which sort of starts with, uh, with the uh, beginning part of Claire de Lune, if you know the piece. And then it builds on that. So that's like the basis of the entire song. It's pretty cool. You should. It's. I like that. And. But yeah, that entire soundtrack as a whole, it's very feels trainy. There are some like cheerful tunes in it, but it's a very heavy kind of soundtrack. Um, but yeah, moving on, another one I want I'll just touch on, uh, Makoto Yoshimori. That guy wrote a soundtrack for another show that's one of my favorites ever, Bakano. So if <laughs> if your line Apple soundtrack was tears, Bakano is just a train wreck. That's what it is. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> It's Again, literally go, a train wreck. Yeah, in in the best way possible. We go back to like again, maybe jazz. Just fucking that. that I love it, man. He <laughs> just nails it. Um, so many good tracks on this one. I'm I, sensing like a theme here. Like you really like jazz music or jazz inspired music. Yeah, it just does it to me, man. I don't know. 
Oh, it's like half a taste or something. Can, can I actually say something about that? Because Go for it, man. <laughs> so, I, I can't remember. Someone told me told this to me like years ago, and I actually I completely I completely agree with it. It said that in a thousand years, when America is but a distant memory, it will be remembered for four things. It will be remembered for the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, baseball, and jazz. Motherfucking jazz, indeed. And it's absolutely true. I mean, just look at this. I mean, like jazz inspired anime soundtracks. Like, I don't think that Louis Armstrong ever imagined that a a genre that he helped pioneer would actually be used like that. Heck no. It's great. But yeah, Bacano has a wonderful soundtrack. It's just a roller coaster ride. That's what it is. And it's so wonderful. Um, Also, I like how how, uh, Isaac. And Miria's character theme changes depending on whether they're being yeah. serious or like bullshitting <laughs> it's wonderful. people. Oh, it's so good. I want to go watch it again. Like you can tell whether they're bullshitting people based on the theme that's playing while they're on screen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah. And so yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. About that guy. But the like the, the now it's time to talk about like the real star of the show. Um we all love her. Yoko Kano is probably one of the most prolific and respectable composers in general ever. She's like, if we just talk about Cowboy Bebop in itself, that just says all you need to know about her. Uh, and again, back in the back with jazz. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You guys got anything you want to say about Yoko Kano? Because she's like fucking huge I, I mean i don't think enough can be said about how good the cowboy bebop soundtrack is mm-hmm. especially the fact that i mean she helped write the op as well mm-hmm. so i mean she didn't perform it but she definitely she wrote it actually um, i think she did perform because i don't know if she? you guys know that because what she did for cowboy bebop she assembled a bunch of musicians and then they sort of formed this band called the seat belts and they wrote the entire soundtrack together and is she playing the piano in the in the OP? I think she I think she is. I okay. might be wrong on it, but I do believe she is. Okay. I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure, but I I was pretty sure that she didn't actually perform, but she may actually have been performing in the piano in that in that OP. Mm-hmm. Also but, a bunch of really good insert songs. You've got Call yes. Me, Call Me, you've got Rain, you've got um at least in the movie, Gotta Lock on the a little harder. There's so many good songs in that soundtrack, man. Yeah, so good. But uh, f- there's so many like iconic anime soundtracks that she's done, like the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex soundtracks. Yeah, that's uh, an energetic as fuck. Unbelievably good. Uh, Darker than black. Mm. Uh, another great uh, soundtrack. She's worked. She didn't work on the original Code Geass. Uh, soundtracks, but she did. But do... she worked on the Akito the Exiled one. Yeah, she did that, and she did the. Um, uh, didn't she also do the uh, the recap movies? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Hmm. I, I have to look that up, but I, I, she might have. She might not have. I know she did the Akio the Exiled. Yeah. Uh, She's so LST. just so versatile with her work. Like if you're exi- if you compare Cowboy Bebop with all of its jazz and blues, and th- that in itself is like a whole bag of genres in that soundtrack, which is, which is wonderful. But then you go to Turing Resonance, which, say what you will about the show, I, f- I, I feel like it does kind of go downhill after <laughs> The only thing point. I can actually remember about that show is, you're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Top-notch English. Uh, but one thing that'll always stick in my memory from that show is the soundtrack, because it's so so visceral I, like the end there's one song they used in that soundtrack called Vaughn I think which used Icelandic singer I think I think he was Icelandic and it's so kind of out there and visceral and bizarre it's so wonderful I love it when she just pulls things that you'll never expect out of anime Ugh, so I'm great. curious because uh, show. I know you've watched a lot of anime that she's actually scored. What do you actually think of her music? Um, I'm not a fan of jazz and that kind of music in general. I did like the Terror in Resonance one particular track. I forget which one. It's the one they played when they, I think it was in another language. Like, uh, what is it? Like an Icelandic language. I just um, talked about it. Yeah, that one. I like that <laughs> one. <laughs> But yeah, it's just not my style. So, 
Fair enough. I mean, not everyone likes jazz. I get it. Um, I believe, I know she wrote music for Space Dandy. I'm trying to remember what exactly she wrote, though. Um, I think she wrote the song that plays at the high, the high school musical song. I haven't watched Space Dandy, so I don't know. Uh, oh, fucking watch Space Dandy. Jesus Christ. It's an experience. But, yeah. It's it's definitely oh it's a hell of an experience, um, but yeah I mean Yoko Kano what else can you say she's fucking amazing I'm just mm-hmm. I, I I am always just absolutely floored by the just outright quality that she constantly produces. I mean Good Night Julia is one of the best like tracks I've heard that uses a saxophone. What else can I say? <laughs> yeah. I'd also like to point out that she actually has a voice acting role in anime. Yeah, I've read somewhere about that. Uh, yeah, she played. Uh, she, yeah, she played a, a very minor part in uh, an anime, sort of like a compilation thing called Genius Party Beyond. Have you actually watched it? Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, many years ago. It's not that bad. Um, it's basically a bunch of directors and artists that got together. Like it's the director of Samurai Champloo, Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Akira. They came nice. together to make these shorts. Speaking so, of Champloo, I kind of forget about that, but just a I was kind of wondering out. if you were going to talk about that OST because I know you. I love haven't it. watched the show, but I have heard a bit of Nujab. That was his name, right? Nujabes. Nujabes. That guy. So I did hear a bit of his work, and considering he kind of pioneered the lo-fi genre you could say um shout out to that guy rest in peace man wait he uh, died that's a strong subject yeah here's the yeah. guy dude. oh damn rip because like the yeah. work he's done haven't... is actually fantastic and it remains top top um i don't know where i'm where i was gonna go with that top top notch, notch yes thank you <laughs> top that's notch. where i was gonna go top notch work uh <laughs> i mean orion dance is like one of Orion Dance is used so many times in video essays on YouTube. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. It's a wonderful track. It's a great it's a great piece to just put over top of someone talking. Yeah. Um I still need to watch Shampoo. If you really do. If you want just a if you want to just relax and chill to an anime OST, just pop on Samurai Shampoo. Like you don't even yeah, have to watch sure. a show itself. Like just listening no. to it. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, oh, good... Rest in peace, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, the good one's taken away. <laughs> but that's pretty much Yoko Kano, just prolific and so versatile. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, last thing I do want to touch on is it's kind of something we've been seeing more lately, and that non-Japanese composers that are brought on, brought in to compose stuff for anime. So, just a few hours ago, I watched episode 9 of uh, Violet Evergarden, and that shattered me. <laughs> so shout out to Evan Cole for making a super hard uh, you know what? Never, soundtrack. never in my life did I ever expect a typewriter to be used as a musical instrument. But my God, did he do it? Hmm. He he also wrote most of the songs. At least I don't not. He probably haven't hasn't written English. I'm not sure if he wrote the lyrics or not for the songs because they're in Japanese. But in terms of music as well. At least it's freaking great. Mm. So shout out to that guy. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's probably the last guy I'm gonna touch on. Kevin Penkin from the States. He wrote the music for Made in Abyss. Now, I only watched one episode, but that should tell you enough that that one episode left quite an impact on me with that music. And so shout outs to that guy. Keep on making awesome music, man. Can I just say something about that? So. Go for it. I'm not the biggest Maiden Abyss fan. However, I think that Have you even w- watched it? Yes, I have, actually. Oh, okay. Um, I think I ended up giving it like a 6 out of 10, I think. Anyway. Um, but I had to say that the people who praise this show do not praise it for what it deserves to be praised for the most, and it is its soundtrack. The soundtrack is wonderful. Like, 90% of the score I gave Maiden Abyss was for its soundtrack alone like that that soundtrack alone can carry a story like regardless of whatever story it is 
It was rather Again, fantastic. I watched only the first episode, but that that moment when that song kicks in the first episode is and if you watch the first episode, you know what I'm talking about. That but moment no one, just gives me but, chills. But, but you see what I mean? Like no one praises Maiden Abyss for its soundtrack, or at least That's they don't not really true. praise it. People that talk much. about the soundtrack all the time. That's not true. I have never heard anyone say that you should watch Maiden Abyss for its soundtrack. I mean, I only remember that insert song in the first episode. That's the only part of the soundtrack that I really liked. Eh. Uh, I think the whole thing is pretty damn good. Fuck yeah. And it's another one of those things you can listen to when you're just trying to relax because like some of the song some of the pieces are kind of like I won't say up tempo, but they're definitely they have sort of like this very sad melody to them, but a lot of them are just kind of like really relaxing. <laughs> mm. Anyway, Maiden Abyss deserves to be praised for its soundtrack more than anything else. Mm, we That's could argue like about that, but we'll do opinion, that later. Man. But anyway, uh, one last thing. So you mentioned the non-Japanese composers. Like, it's definitely. Yeah. It seems like this is happening more and more, especially in the last couple years. Um, it's certainly not brand new though, because you have like, um, you have like Oasis who did uh, some of the music for uh, e- uh, Eden of the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely they did the the op and they did I think I think one piece of music that actually ended up in the score of the of the anime uh, was actually written by uh, someone in Oasis I can't remember who um, so it's definitely it's not brand new but I I'm I'm kind of curious to what you guys think do you think it's a good thing that this is happening or not sure why not bring in more people from different cultures to write music for shows why not yeah same like I've... I definitely want to see more diversity I, I want them to experiment and try out new stuff if it works out awesome if it doesn't oh well they experimented and they got to see what went right what went wrong and hopefully we get to see even more music uh incorporated now like don't get me wrong i still want to see uh the old music uh there but you know new stuff is also part of the industry yeah It'd be interesting to see if this actually leads to some collaborations between Western and Eastern composers. That'd be fucking fantastic. That might be actually, that would be actually really cool to see if we had like uh, a collaborate, a collaborative soundtrack that was created for some anime. I'd like to see what could come out of that personally. Anyway, I think that's the last one you had, uh, Nizai. Um, yeah. So shoutouts to awesome character themes, cause man, they make yeah. my day. That was basically the theme of what you, all the the people you did, except Yoko Kano. I, lo- I love me some good character motifs that get changed depending on scenes. That's that, oh, that that makes me happy. Natai, right, random question out of the blue let's for move you. On to show. Uh, before we move on. Oh, here go we go. for it. If you had a character theme for yourself, what would it be? <laughs> That's I. <laughs> he's not That's a musician. That's out of the blue as fuck. Mm. <laughs> it will be a mixture of Kaiki's Kira and the Pyramid theme from yes. okay. Jojo no. and Monogatari. That sounds there super weird, yeah. and Someone I'd make be that down to listen to that. <laughs> um, I will say, if you are a musician listening to this, make that happen. <laughs> I'll pay you. He's serious, too. Believe me, I'll pay you. If you're obliged to pay for this. I now. am obliged to pay for it now if someone <laughs> makes it. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> All right, so, show what you yeah. got for us. Okay, I'm going to start off with probably one of the biggest names in anime composition, which is Hiroyuki Sawano. Um, he's done like so, so many um, <laughs> yeah. uh, compositions, especially recently. Um, he's been very prolific in the last like five to ten years. He's been in, and he when he. Um, I don't know like how much they pay him, but he's always on the biggest name shows. He like he you see him on Blue Exorcist, Kill a Kill, Cabinary, Seraph of the End, Recreators, and he did the OP for Legend of the Galactic Heroes too. And those are just like to me, those are like not even his best work, so they're just like his peripheral stuff. Um Not to say that they're bad. <laughs> no, they're pretty good. Um, but I don't think like he brought his A game to those compositions. But there were some nice tracks from those. Um, but whenever he does do... I mean, the best part about when he writes and composes a song is that it's just so epic. It's the That's only way to describe drop. it. 
Yeah, the Sawana drop is so crazy. Um, I'm thinking of like one particular. I don't know if you've seen the first episode of Al Noah Zero, Nizai. No, I haven't. So, like, the Sawano drop is timed with the nuclear explosion of, I think, New Orleans. <laughs> and it's like, no, that's the enti- like, the entire, like, the entire city just gets, like, completely blown up. And you see, like, whiplash and, like, things just burning out, like, right when the Sawano drops. And I'm like, shit. No, that's, that's how you start an episode. Um,. But yeah, so speaking of El Noah Zero, that's definitely one of his best compositions, in my opinion. Certainly um, the only reason to watch El Noah Zero. Uh, for Elsa, well, basically, yeah. <laughs> I can't really argue. <laughs> See, you can't, even, you can't even defend it. <laughs> yeah, um, some of the best tracks from that is, I think it's the ED, the first ED, which is Allies, which... I think it's really good though. Yeah, That's that so one good. is so good. Um, That's but a also good song. it is amazing. Um, also, some really good tracks are "Breathless," "Keep on Keeping On," and "Sight Now." Um, they're just all of his tracks are just super hype, super epic. Um, like shit is going down constantly when uh, his tracks are playing, and I love it. Um, and another one of his best compositions, in my opinion, is for Attack on Titan. Uh, one of the biggest names, of course, he has to be on it. Uh, there's just so many themes, especially in the first season. He mm-hmm. did a couple more in the second season, um, but they weren't like as intense as the work he did in the first. He did one. though. There are some like tracks in the second season. He very, he really um, tried to. He, like, took past tracks and kind of gave them a new spin. So if you remember uh, Call Your Name, the insert song for the first season, he kind of remade it, but differently, with a different uh, uh, performer and different wor- and, like different lyrics. So he did go back and change some stuff that would fit that season. So yeah. there are some cool tracks in that second season. There are some really nice tracks. Um I still love the second season's OST, mm-hmm. um, but the first season, the music from the first season is just so iconic. Like, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to improve on it. Um, you have tracks like "Army Go," "Counterattack Mankind," "EMA," "The Reluctant Heroes." I love the Reluctant Heroes. Yeah, that's a good one. And my personal favorite, um, maybe of all time, is called "Shingeki Sthrn Egt." I'm sorry, it's like a weird track name, but like, I don't want to try and uh, recreate it. With <laughs> I, my I like vocals. how you're apologizing, is that the, for, even though you didn't have anything to do with it. Is that like that one track that like where the I don't know what she even says. Um, oh, there's no vo- there's no vocals. It's oh, like okay, it's just like really intense. I, I don't want to try and sing it because I will butcher it. But it's like just a really intense. Like when there's a really intense fight going on then this is the track that's playing. Um, so you can look it up and listen to it, uh, our listeners, if you want to hear some really Just to um, chime in, there's one... music. Just to chime in, there's one specific track in that in that OST that I absolutely adore that's called Attack on Titan. And it's... Oh, it's wonderful. It's so good. Mm. Yep. So, good vocals. Um... Another show that I didn't actually watch, I just listened to his OST, um, but I think it's like also one of his top uh, works is Gundam Unicorn. Um, obviously, it's not as big of a name as the other works because it's Be like part of, you say that around. <laughs> part of a franchise. It doesn't appeal to the masses. Like you have to watch prequels or whatever. Obviously, Gundam is a big name, though. Um, Obviously. But yeah, I love the Unicorn soundtrack. Like, even if you have no interest in Gundam or you never want to watch this, listen to the soundtrack. It is so good. Especially if you like uh, Sawano. Like, I can just listen to these tracks by themselves. I don't need any context. Like, they're just so good. And especially in Unicorn, the vocals are really uh, strong. So they're just... They're, like, barely even soundtrack. They're just... You know, they're just singles, honestly. I could just I just listen to them as singles. 
Specifically, I like Bloody F8, Into the Sky, Next to You, Pretenders, and Starring Child. There's so many, but they're all really good. Like, I'm not even... <laughs> I'm not even, like, giving you bullshit because they're all really good. Um, yeah, so another good one, another good show that he did the composition for is Seven Deadly Sins. Um, yeah, boy. He did some pretty strong, iconic tracks for that as well. Um, he did Perfect Time, GR, and Gong for N. Gong for N is the one that they play at the beginning of every episode when they're doing the like premise where they're describing the things. Um, but yeah, uh, as usual, amazing tracks, hype as hell. And the show itself is pretty type, hype as hell. And lastly, I have uh, Guilty Crown here as one of his top works. Um, maybe not as big as the other ones, but his tracks Bios and Hill of Sorrow, there's some really good uh, Sawana drops in there, and I just love the composition. Um, there might be a slight trend that the work, the um, shows he does the composition for may not be like the most, uh, most the best shows, but they have a, they have a big name and they have a, uh, great soundtrack and that's all that really matters um he's definitely my favorite anime composer just because um i like that kind of music i like um really fast-paced aggressive music so i definitely love hiroyuki suwana's work but yeah it's definitely iconic for sure yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing because he's made a name for himself in a relatively short span of time. <clears throat> yeah, I think his one of his first works was Blue Exorcist, and I didn't even I like I don't think that even made his name because I didn't I didn't hear any buzz about him from Blue Exorcist. I think Attack on Titan made his name honestly because that oh, was yeah. a relatively I he, well. I mean, recent, Kill a Kill relatively... was also another big one. I think Attack on Titan came first though. Yeah, but they came out in the same year, didn't they? Yeah, I think Kill a Kill came very shortly after. Yeah, but at the so same I think, time, I think the combination of those two was like what made people stand up and pay attention. Yeah, and I think he he has a lot of ties with uh, Studio Wit, and Studio Wit's been pumping out some big names. That's true because he also did the OST for Cabinaria of the Iron Fortress. Yeah, mm-hmm. so maybe he's just uh, getting in with the right people, or maybe the people are getting in with the right composer, or maybe they're just throwing a ton of money at him. I don't know. I feel like most people are underpaid. <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> no, they have it. They just don't pay it out. Damn. Um, anyways, so yeah. Moving on. Um, I also have Tatsuya Kato, um, who has done the composition for Food Wars and Free. Um, the tracks for Food Wars, they're all in Japanese, so I can't tell you which ones. But like, basically all of them are really amazing they make the show honestly they make the i mean the manga is really great but what makes the anime its own experience is how great the soundtrack is especially Um, since the third season is kind of shit fuck you nitai the third season was amazing okay better than the second season no yes how can um, you say it when there's literally no animation to this third season? Who needs animation when the character designs are on point? All right, l- kids. <laughs> Stop. Anyways. um, Yeah. <laughs> but like all the foodgasms, which are what Food Wars is known for, um, they become so much more uh, crazy when you have that music playing as, as well. It, the music is great at building the hype when they're like cooking the the, the cooking montages quote unquote montages it's like oh he's leaning into the frying pan oh my god why is the music so dramatic what is happening <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hilarious and amazing um, and of course because it's Hiroyuki Suwano he knows how to bring the tension he knows how to bring the hype so it's a great um, fit wait, oh no wait, it's not Hiroyuki Suwano well, I was about to say <laughs> well, we, went, we went really way back on this one Oh my god, listen, all the music I listen to are the same. <laughs> I mix them up all the time. Okay, no. Tatsuya Kato um, 
is very good at bringing the hype. Only in Food Wars, because that's the only hype show I know of him. <laughs> I will say that in terms of like consistency, he's not the most consistent composer because he also did the OST for Future Diary and <sighs> Love Live Sunshine and Masamune Kun's Revenge, which were all very forgettable. Yeah, we all have our bad days. Yeah, he's had a few. <laughs> More often than not. <clears throat> but yeah, but he, also, he, he also mm-hmm. did the soundtrack for Medica Box, and Medica Box is really good. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um. What do you think? I would just say that and not have seen this. Like, no, nah, I just, I know, I know it's good. I don't know, Alex. I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. Fuck you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he also did free, like I said. Um, and I the tracks in free are like so different from Food Wars. Like they're not tense at all, um, or they're not like building hype. Or, like, food-gasming or anything. They're just really, like, chill. And they, like, make you feel happy. Like, it's just a ball of sunshine in a musical form. And I think he did it really well. Um, I have no idea how, how... I would have never known that the person who did Food Wars also did Free. But apparently, he's just so diverse, you know? Sometimes he does it right. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, that's Tatsuya Kato. And the last one I have on here is Yuki Hayashi. Yeah, boy. Um, who's done um, Haikyuu, My Hero Academia. <laughs> he's done the only good thing about MHA, the music. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't watched the third season, so I don't know if he added any new tracks. Oh, but... he did. Okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I definitely love the tracks in the first season were really uh, impactful. They re- they really stood out. Um, that he made the show really solid. I don't really like My Hero Academia that much, but that's just my personal issue. <laughs> I think the composition of My Hero Academia, just like overall music, animation, pacing, script, everything is really good, um, and he really rounds the show out. Um. Yeah, in this third season especially, he added a few more tracks that are just freaking awesome. And USA Run is still great, but he goes on to give it more variations. And then specifically the track for uh, uh, All for One is just incredible. So yeah, um, he's I still going. I would like going. to point out that he has done a collaboration with Hiroyuki Sawano. When? Ooh. He did a collaboration with Hiroyuki Sawano in 2009 uh, for a television drama called Triangle. Who's the third side? That's a good question. <laughs> I just wanted to point throw that out there because you just got through talking about here, Yuki Swana. I think they're actually the same person. They're just different aliases. Maybe. <laughs> That's what I like to think so that my mind doesn't have to think of different people. Um, anyways, yeah. So My Hero Academia, great. Um, IQ, fucking amazing. I love IQ. I think there were more good tracks in My Hero Academia, but... Um, the difference between MHA and Haikyuu is that there were a lot of vocals in MHA and there were a lot of like, they, they were in your face, the tracks, yeah. um, which is not bad. Like it's its own style. I liked it. Um, in Haikyuu, it's more, he, he focused more on like setting the tone, um, and actually being more, uh, traditional as a background composition. Um, and I think he did it really well. Like there's some, there's some hype tracks, there's some, melancholic tracks um and a lot of them are really really uh they really blend in with the scenes well so i'm definitely definitely happy about all the songs in haikyuu and yeah so that's yuki hayashi i can't respect this person though why they they worked on the soundtrack for Soul Eater Not. I cannot respect anyone who worked hmm. on that abomination. Okay, it was bad, but you can't hate a person just because they worked on it. Calm down. <laughs> you gotta make money oh, somehow. Oh man, <laughs> fucking whore. <laughs> oh man, now he's done some good stuff though. I mean, besides just um, High Q and MHA. And then, as for, as much as I poo-poo MHA, I do actually own a physical copy of the first season soundtrack. 
I know. I'm such a fucking hypocrite. Sad. But yeah, he also did um, the soundtrack to Kiznaiver, which, despite the kind of train wreck that, that turned into, I thought it had good music in it, too. Good OP. A really good OP. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, That's the last it. one you got. Uh, Chinoda. Yes. We're finally to you. You have a couple of OSTs that you wanted ooh, to ooh, before point I forget. Out. Before I forget, whoa! I co- totally blanked on that for a minute. I wanted to say that uh, that guy Yuki Ayashi also worked on Death Parade, which has a fantastic OST. Surprisingly yes. enough, another jazzy OST. Surprisingly mm-hmm. enough, uh, honestly, like I honestly didn't expect it to actually sound uh, that good. I-, I thought it would sound pretty shite, honestly. Mm. Go listen mm. to it. It's 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 pretty good. <laughs> but anyway, Jnota, you got a couple of OSTs you wanted to mention. Yes. Now, first and foremost, and uh, y'all might hate me for first this. First and foremost, they're bit. both shonen. <laughs> the Naruto OSTs. And I'm talking from uh, pretty much the whole franchise, not just um, the very first I was going to ask whether you meant the actual original anime or the Shippuden. All of it. Uh, Naruto, Shippuden, uh, Barto, all of it. Like, I think the OSG for all of it sounds really amazing. There's been a couple things here and there um, that are less than uh, good, I'll be honest. But uh, with a long-running series, of course, not everything can be um, as good as you want it to be. But overall, a lot of themes and a lot of uh, character... uh, Fuck, what's the word? I'm blanking out. Someone help me. (laughs) Character yes, <laughs> thank you. I just said it. Light motifs. He's had enough. It's been a long day, okay? Um, character themes are really memorable. Like, I still remember uh, things from over 10 years ago, and I know they're going to stick with me probably for at least half of my life just because of how memorable it is. Like, they managed to say uh, that... put the visuals... Uh, in with the music so well together that um, you can associate uh, certain scenes with just the music alone. Um, can I just say that after all this time, I still think that Sakura's theme is really boring. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It's barely Much like played the character, too. Just boring. <laughs> Listen, we'll we'll talk I, about I if Sakura's a like... uh, uh, good or bad character. Later, that that's another oh, topic. That's that's a completely different discussion. Although the answer is yes, she's a bad character. <laughs> Listen, I would argue with you on that for certain points. But yeah, um, well, you'll have to argue with the creator because he thinks so too. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, the the OST actually more times than not is very very good. It has a lot of very memorable character themes, especially from the beginning. I still remember Orochimaru's theme because it sounds like uh, Box, Takata, and Fugue. Yeah, like, that is a theme that is fucking timeless. Like, I don't know how they managed to get something so perfectly in there, but they did. And I'm surprised they didn't uh, choose it for an even bigger villain. But, you know, it, it fits well, I mean, with him. if you think about it. If you think about it, it fits with Orochimaru because the music in and of itself sounds evil, and he he even just blatantly admits that he's like an evil son of a bitch. Yeah, no, he he absolutely does. So it it fits so well with uh, with him, and I appreciate that. I it does make me wonder though, did they make certain um uh, how, how do I phrase this? Sorry. <laughs> We've recorded two episodes today. We're tired. You know, never mind. I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it. I don't think I can phrase this. <laughs> I give way. up. Never mind. I can. I can tell you that um, over the evolution of Naruto through Shippuden, I actually thought that the soundtrack got better the more that Shippuden went on, and especially uh, toward the very, very end when you had the the Ninja War. Like, all the music that came out of that, I thought was really good. Absolutely. It showed that um, they managed to work with everyone, and uh, over time, the musical uh, uh, progress of it was evident. Like, you could see everything paying off. You could see all the practice and all the 
character building uh they did and that includes uh the audio designs for them as well and it really paid off because they had so long like that is one of the good things about long running series um a lot of character uh themes evolve Just and get even motifs. better yeah yeah the recurring motif like Natai yeah, was talking exactly. about yeah, it's it's definitely it's used very well in Naruto. It's used um, some occasionally it's overused because you see that some characters, especially very minor characters, don't really get much in the way of a musical motif. But I guess when you're working on a show that's constantly airing, you don't really have a lot of time to come up with new stuff all the time. Which is unfortunate, but that is how it is. Most of your animation is spent on what, or m- most of your budget is spent on animation and such unless you hire here yuki Swano. unless you do that then that's a different story or unless you're bones and you give your composer enough time to develop those things <laughs> that too yeah naruto's got a good soundtrack go listen to it <laughs> all right anyway what you um, got next what i have next and this is which is also last <laughs> is the last thing also yes you're right um this is something I know a lot of people will agree with me on this. The Bleach OST. And I know that's something you haven't heard uh, in a very long time. <laughs> Bleach? What's that? Uh, I believe you drink it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <Nicely> Asshole. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to get my words to go. Bleach, Bleach had one one good story arc. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> Read the manga. I mean, no, no, don't try and defend Bleach. <clears throat> I think you're outnumbered here, Chinoda. Y'all can go oh, fuck yourselves. Uh, I will say, whatever, even if you had uh, misgivings about Bleach... Uh, the soundtrack uh, to the show was absolutely fantastic. They had uh, so many different soundtracks. Uh, I would honestly say, uh, of all of all the old older animes, uh, and including the long running big ones, Bleach was the one that really dared to um, experiment. And try new things out. Like, they, I think they honestly uh, really started off uh, doing that. And it really paid off. You, like, if there's one thing I can still talk to a lot of people uh, about Bleach about, it's the soundtrack. People remembered the soundtrack so well because it stuck with them for so long. I remember Ichigo's theme. I don't. It was pretty good. It was. That's about it, though. I I literally have like pushed Bleach so far out of my mind. It's unbelievable. It's like, did it? I actually question whether it was a thing that actually happened. Christ, what is? You know what? That's a whole nother cast. I'm not even gonna ask that question. <laughs> but yeah, um, hell, even the filler arcs it had, uh, even those had uh, pretty damn good uh, soundtracks. And I really loved it. A lot of it was uh, in the mo- in a more, I want to say Hispanic style at times. There was definitely a, uh, a somewhat Latin bent to part of the soundtrack, yeah. yes. And it paid off. It it made it so much more interesting. Can we stop talking about Bleach now? If y'all, if y'all, I'm really sorry, want. I just don't remember enough of the soundtrack. I, I need to find out if any of the other co-hosts enjoy uh, Bleach, or if I'm literally the only one. <laughs> I'm feeling a little I bit think, alone I right now. I think you're literally the only one that liked the anime. Damn, that makes me sad. Feels bad, man. <laughs> Message us and tell us what your favorite part of Bleach was. So I can tell it to the others. Message us and tell us why Bleach only had one good story arc. <laughs> Alright, uh, shall we call it then? I don't have yeah, too much uh, to Yeah, did you have one last thing you wanted to say, Natai? Music's awesome. Music. Keep making it. Yeah. Support your artists, people. Making it. Yes, what a great way to end this. Music is awesome. Keep making it. (laughs) 
I don't think there's a better way I can end it. So I'm just going to say thank you to everyone out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Uh, If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our new Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or concerns on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all of these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Good morning, everyone. ASMR cast when? Bye. No, never. (laughs) Never. I'll tell you exactly when it'll happen, when we get a third season of Space Dandy. Don't tempt them. Yeah. No, fuck no. It will happen. Come on!